I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files today. Allison. Mm hmm. It's about Jeff Goldblum. Oh. Oh, I like him. Yeah. I like my favorite Jeff Goldblum is when his ear come off. When. (laughs) My favorite Jeff Goldblum is when his shirt be open. Oh, dang. Is there a Jeff Goldblum that, like, you don't like, that you don't prefer? There isn't. There really isn't. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. Independence Day, very good. The Fly, gross, but also very good. Jurassic Park, mmm, perfecto. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of a Jeff Goldblum I don't like. Those are the only three Jeff Goldblum movies I know, though. Oh, okay, well, so there's room for error. So there might be some more problematic ones, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Jeff Goldblum, he appeared uh, uh, rep- reprising his role as the Flyman in this episode of The X-Files. Fole et du. I like how you say that. Thank you. When I talk in a very slight French accent pronouncing French words, it really impresses my students, so I do it more often. Oh, even if I don't know how to pronounce the words at all. They're still like, ooh. 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 No, no. They're like, ooh la la. Allison, can you get the descriptiono for... Certainly. It's season five, episode 19. This is, Dang. Courtney, can I tell you? This is the penultimate <gasps> episode of season five. Yay. So excited. Uh, this episode is called Folia du. And uh, try uh, that again. Fol- Can you uh, try that again? Folia du. Mm, a little bit, a little bit more stink on it. Uh, folia du. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> and here's the Netflix description: Mulder is taken hostage by a man who claims his boss is a monster, and his coworkers are a legion of the undead. Outrageous claims, or are they? Mm-hmm. I don't know, X Files. You, you fucking tell me. Well. Uh, I also have to say, I am horribly sick. Yes. Courtney's very ill. Um, so we're this is, we're going to get down and dirty, so you don't have to hear my mouth breathing very much. Excellent. <laughs> I, it's, it's really, a, it's a sad thing that I have the higher power mic on my side, so you could just real hear the nose gurgles. Very sad about that. <laughs> uh, so we started in a, in a call center. Yeah, for some sort of vinyl storage facility. Vinyl sellage, now, sellage facility. Vinyl, so like uh, uh, on the, they put the records on the side of the house. They put the records on, like Corinne Bailey Ray said to. Uh, Allison, what? Now this is a, a this is a really shitty job, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a, like a real shitty? What what's been your shittiest like summer job or or your? I haven't had a lot of like. If I'm being honest, I haven't had a lot of jobs. <laughs> how many jobs? Wait, how many jobs have you had? Uh, one, two, three, four. Four jobs. Four jobs? I've had four jobs. Allison. In my whole dang life. 
Okay, out of those four jobs, what is the worst job? Probably the first one. Probably the coffee shop. The coffee shop? Why Why was it so bad? Had a very angry French-Canadian figure skater boss Ooh, who threw a phone at my head on my last day. Yep, that's pretty bad. And he said, no, you can't quit. I said, sir, I'm going back to college tomorrow. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I worked at a call center. Ooh, boy. Uh, just not like this one. I worked at... Uh, the University of Victoria's call center. Oh, really? Where, I, at, during the summer, I called students, p- potential students, to let them know that they got into the university. Oh, that's fun. Well, you would think it was fun, but it was actually my worst job, because for some reason, I didn't know this, but did you know UVic was like a bit of a safety school when we went to school? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> okay, I didn't, but... When I worked at this job, I did very quickly because every time I called and said, congratulations, they're like, oh, we're waiting for UBC to call back. And then you're like, I get it. I was just, it really, it got really shitty really quickly to congratulate someone and they didn't want their congratulations and they're like, oh, you're third best at best. Uh, Don't call us, we'll call. It was like getting dumped. By your crush, like I don't know, that about sucks. fifty times a day. Yeah, that yeah, sucks pretty hard. Pretty <laughs> it was pretty shitty. Ubik was my number one. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to go there. Both my parents went there. That's where they met and fell in love. Aww. Um, Ubik was not my number one. So okay, right. well, you're a number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, this call center was real bad. Because Jeff Goldblum was there. Or maybe Kafka's Metamorphosis? I'm not sure. One of the two. Where we're going with this. I thought it was going to be a Kafka-esque thing. And it kind of, like, it was kind of, like, cool how they made the little bug man. Yeah. Apparently everyone really hated the bug man. And they thought, like, the director of this episode, Kim Manners, was like, this is going to be the end of my career. Um... And then they gave the bug man to the special effects team and they like sped him up and like cut out frames and stuff. And that's why he looks like that. And then they managed to finish it at 7.30 a.m. The the day the episode aired. God. They're really cutting it pretty fucking close to the wire here. It's like the CGI devil guy that was in the other episode. Yeah, just like rushing that tape to the station. Like, okay. So the little like shutter... Um, that was the the bug man was doing probably wasn't on purpose or it was on purpose because they didn't want it. They, they had to cut out a bunch of frames. Yeah. They felt that the bug man may have looked mm, silly. (laughs) I liked him. I liked the bug man. Yeah. I mean, he was fine. I liked his antenna. I, yes. Uh, so he, he's creepy crawling around and one of the call center guys is on, onto this bug man. He can see the bug man, but no one else can see the bug man. His name's Gary. Someone says to him at some point, yo, Gary. <laughs> I have a question about this call thing. Okay. Do they really all have to wear ties and shit? Oh, uh, probably, yeah. Well, like you... I mean, I know. No one's people. gonna see you. When I worked at the UVic call center, I rolled up in my PJs. God, that sounds dope. It was really, really nice, and then we got free breakfasts at the cafe. Oh, can we talk about, okay, can we talk about the UVic cafeteria for one second? Hey, Allison, which one? Oh, 
I mean, I always ate at the residence calf. Well, yeah, I did my first, but did you eat at the one, what's the vegetarian one at the bottom? Oh, yeah. I only went there to get smoothies. Okay. That was my, the vegetarian one at the bottom was very good because they had vegan uh, progies. The best thing, the best thing in the cafeteria, besides the strawberry shortcake, which was very good, um, was in the morning when you go and you get just a bowl full of hash browns and sausages, you cover that whole motherfucker in maple syrup. Dang. My, my meal of choice was center calf, because they had the best sandwiches there, egg salad on big weedy toast. Oh, damn. That sounds good. Mm. I miss that. I miss that being in college and having like a card that buys all your food, like a points card. You mean like, hey, Allison, a credit card? No, 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 no. Because this was money that you put on there when you didn't even have to think about what money was. I don't know. The The food points card gave me a little bit of anxiety because when we went into res, you could buy a light, a regular, or a heavy meal card. Yeah. And you know, you know I felt anxiety about maybe getting a heavy card. <laughs> But you could always add to it later if you needed to. If you got the regular and then you went like, oh, no, I'm a heavy boy. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm going to need many egg salad sandwiches. Please, more hash browns, uh, sir. No, I I didn't have eat a lot of breakfast because I usually just rolled out of bed and went to my first class in my PJs. Yeah. So I, I was a medium to light girl. Proud that you actually made it to your first class because I never did. <laughs> it's weird because we, as we talked to you about university, Allison, um, uh, my students are getting ready to graduate. Their grad is in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and they're all very anxious for university. And I realized like how much I fucking was a jack off. Oh my god, yes. Like, didn't try my first year and shit, and they're so anxious, like, if they get one F that they're gonna fucking fall apart. I'm like, my dude. I had, in first year, I had a 9 a.m. philosophy class that I went to, uh, the first week. (laughs) And then never again, got an A in it. Right? You just need good friends. Yeah, a little elbow grease. A little little reading research, yep. Uh Uh-huh. I hope there's some seniors out there. I hope there's some grade 12s out there who are, like, worried about university. Hey, guys, do you not have to be? Guys, my favorite thing that happened to me in university vis-a-vis classwork was once I handed in an assignment where I had actually answered the wrong questions, and I got an A on it because my teacher was tired of reading all the other ones. Oh, my God. That's very real. (laughs) It is a very real emotion. One time I made up a, I, <laughs> I couldn't, um, I don't know, I didn't want to write an essay. I was very bad at it. And so I was asking for an extension and she said that, that my prof said, I only do extensions for like family issues. So I made up a <laughs> fake email of my quote unquote brother-in-law who emailed and said, I have to go to Toronto because my, my sister was sick. Wow. I know. <laughs> wow. It was so bad. And I, I think the I think the essay was really bad, too. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, having, like, 10,000 words left to write at, like, midnight on a Thursday yeah. night, having to hand it in the next day and be like, what the fuck am I going to do? 
Here's the thing. It was only for a day extension, and I realized that I put in more work into the excuse than I did to the actual essay. <laughs> Lord, you know. Uh, let's talk about uh, Allison. Uh-huh. Let's talk about continuity. Okay. In my in my X-Files? in my X Files. <laughs> Oops! All continuity. <laughs> because. Uh, Mr. Mulder, he broke the finger did. in the last episode, and now his finger is all, is all wrapped up. It is. He's still injured, and that is maybe the first bit of continuity outside a two-parter we've ever goddamn seen. They, it's like they planned it or something. Yeah, right? it's like they actually, it's like David Duchovny actually injured his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. That's probably it. That must be it. That must be it. The this is the scene where Mulder gets real stanky. Yeah. And he's like, uh, oh boo hoo, I have to do this all by myself because I'm the spooky one. He oh. He actually says to Skinner, because Skinner's giving him this assignment to go check out this spooky thing, and he's like, Monsters, I'm your boy. And I was like, Yes, you are. Monster <laughs> You're boy. You're a boy. You're monster boy. <laughs> And then Scully's like, uh, I'm right here. And Mulder's like, mm, no, Scully, I'm the monster boy. <laughs> Can I tell you? I don't know if it's just that I'm, like, particularly emotionally haunt, but I was feeling Mulder in this episode. Were you really? I was a little bit. I think because he was just, like, sullen. Yeah, he was just, like, I don't know, he had this vibe about him. Uh, Allison, was it the ween vibe? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> was it because Mulder was being a big ween? I think so. <laughs> I'm just crying now. Listeners, uh, it has been decided by my friends, who are assholes, um, that my type, weens. Just yep. big, big fan of weens. Uh-huh. I mean, this checks out. Just big weenos. <laughs> Extremely Mulder- rude. Mulder was being a big ween this episode. He so. was, and maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Allison Hort for some weens. <laughs> Gotta have my weens. Uh, can I tell you a ween story? Please. I gave my dog his first weener today. <laughs> last night. His first hot dog. Fuck. He, he has eight teeth, but he gobbled that thing right up. <laughs> nice. Way to go, Pepper Jack. So... My dog, just like my best friend, love them weens. While we're in pet corner, Courtney. Huh? My cat went to the vet yesterday. How'd that go? Very bad for her. Oh, no. Because the very attractive vet with the amazing winged eyeliner uh, expressed my cat's anal glands. Mm. Which made my cat yell a lot. (laughs) She scream. She scream. Yeah. Oh. But I bet her butt feels better now. I don't know. She's pretty mad about it the whole day yeah. yesterday. Oh, Don't you know, Dutch? You gotta get your anal glands squeezed sometimes. You gotta just give yourself a little, uh, give yourself a treat, right? Lube your life. <laughs> yeah, lube your life. Get your glands squeezed. <laughs> so, Mulder goes, he's a big ween, and he goes to Illinois to uh-huh. interview these, the, 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 the people. The guy right? that owns the company, Pincus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the boss says they have 96 employees, 
Do you think they had to switch the numbers around so they wouldn't get any complaints? What do you mean? Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> I see what you did there. You think? They didn't want to get any FCC complaints. Yeah, because so, uh, the, in the first take, the boss was like, uh, my name is Pincus, and we have uh, 69 employees. And Mulder goes, nice. Nice. And then they high five. But the FCC's like, nope, can't have any sex numbers. <laughs> We're the fun cops. Yeah. So they, the, the, the Greg, no, Greg, Greg, Gary Greg made a tape. Gary. Gary made a tape. Yeah. Gary right? made a, Gary made a tape. He made a he made some hot mixtape, and he's basically saying that there's a monster, and you can see it in the light, and but in the dark, he's Jeff Goldblum, the yeah. Fly Man. Yeah. And Mulder's like, mmm, Fly Men, mmm. But I don't know what happens next. All I have is <laughs> someone was saying hi alphabetically. Yeah, so Pincus, the boss, um, decides that he's going to do his own internal investigation into this matter, um, and he invites everyone into his office alphabetically, but he only gets through three people, and the people that go into his office get turned into zombos. Yeah. Including the cute girl next to Gary. Yeah, with the good, good bangs. Mm-hmm. So is this where Gary freaks the fuck out and... And then we get a hostage situation. Yeah, so Gary fucking loses it. Um, but Mulder, Mulder goes back to his um, to the Chicago field office first, and he writes down all his notes, and he's like, oh, Scully, I think I fucked up, and I do need you to help me, even though I was an asshole earlier. Uh, I think you mean he was a big ween. He was a big ween is the, the way yeah. he was. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate you all. Um, and... Uh, so then he goes back into the the call center and there's no one there. And he's like, oh, dang, where'd everybody go? But they're all on the floor because Gary Dunn got a gun. Gary's got a gun. <laughs> and this just, I don't know, this hit maybe slightly too close to home for our current political climate. Yeah, man. I was wondering that. Like, when when the United States has, like, these sort of situations, I don't know, twice a week, sometimes mm-hmm. twice in one day. Can TV shows no longer, like, do TV shows touch on this sort of situation anymore? I don't know, because I don't watch a lot of, like, modern crime procedurals. No, I guess not. I I mean, I mean I'm sure there's, like, some rip from the headline shit that, like, yeah. tackles school shootings and that. But I can't see, because I can't see like, modern-day television having the ability to have an active shooter and a hostage situation in their TV shows because, like, it's not great anymore. It's too real. It's too real, man. And if you look at this episode, like, this is in 1998, back in the days of, like, when the Unabomber was still, like, a one-and-done, right? Yeah. It was a very different time then, and... Well, where when was when was Columbine? Nineteen ninety nine. So this was pre Columbine. Okay, this is pre. Uh, and it's funny for for us, like that was kind of our first acknowledgement of a school shooting, and that was so so big and yeah. had such an effect on on everyone. And now it's like almost 
like every fucking day. Yeah. And like so like shootings that we don't even hear about. Yeah. Because yeah. they happen so often. And because there's a royal wedding on. Yes, that also. Ooh. Ooh. Oh boy, gotta get those royals married. Yeah, man. Just, just like Lord those... said. Uh, so everyone's around in a circle. Mulder joins the party. Mm-hmm. And um, Gary's getting a little bit, you know, he's acting as though he is paranoid, as though, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has a mental illness, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. For example, he sees some, like, sparkles come down out of the uh, air vents, and so he starts shooting up. And this is my first background, boys. <laughs> the two good, good boys sliding down the fire ladder. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Courtney. I loved them. <laughs> they were like little penguins in that little penguin game. Can you describe to the audience what exactly happened? Because so, I cannot fully, like, tell you how much joy these boys brought me. Outside of this building, there is a police situation. They are there with all their cars and their trucks, and there's a man named Rice, and he's in charge of the situation, and Skelly's there. And they hear these shots from the inside, and they're like, shots are fired! And then these two men go sliding down this, like, fire truck ladder on their bellies, as if it were, like, a, like a, a snowboarding, like a tu- inner tubing snow course. <laughs> it was like the X Games, and these two radical boys <laughs> just are gonna do a slide. It was really good. <laughs> it was really good and pure in this very bad beginning of an episode. <laughs> yeah, I liked them a lot. So they were my first background boys. There is a second background boy that I do have. I forget where they are, but I'll okay, find them. Okay, well, we'll you'll find them. Um, so inside the building, Mulder's, like, trying to get Gary to talk to him and is trying to slowly reach for his gun, and then outside, they're like, we gotta call Mulder because uh, this is, we we don't know what's happening in there. And Scully's like, maybe don't. And they're like, no, we're gonna do it. <laughs> and so just as Mulder's about to get his gun, he gets a phone call, and Gary's like, hey, what the fuck, man? And not not, not only Gary finds the gun, but also his badge. Yeah, and he's like, you're FBI! And Mulder's like, oopsie doodle. Yeah, I'm Monster Boy, motherfucker! And then, okay, the boss basically does Mulder's job for him. Because Mulder's trying to kind of, like, I don't know, psychological mind trick this, yeah. this guy. And the boss says something that kind of makes the most sense, and he could have been the hero. Uh, he says, if I'm the monster, then what do you need the other people for? Yeah, totally. And this basically almost works, and Mulder's job is very bad. (laughs) Mulder is bad at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mulder is bad at his job. Wink. Hey, nice. You remembered your theme song. I did. I did. Uh, This is when Gary, is it Gary? Gary. Yeah, Gary. Says, put your butts against the door. (laughs) Yeah, he does. How? How do you put your butt against the door? Do you just sit against the door? Oh, you stand against it, but you are pressing very firmly with your buttocks. You gotta spread the cheeks. Mm-hmm. And just kiss it with your brown eye. What? <laughs> like butterfly kisses. <laughs> it's brown, though, so like moth kisses. <laughs> oh, so things are getting tense. Allison, yes. things are getting really tense. And 
the the demand is he wants a camera crew in so he can tell and show everyone uh Jeff Goldblum fly creature. Uh-huh. And so they do send uh, with Scully kind of leading they do send in a camera crew, and the camera crew is sending feedback to SWAT, so SWAT knows when to fucking come in. Uh-huh. This is when we get my second background, boy. Yay! That plate full of abysmal-looking bran muffins. I didn't see it! Oh. Tell me all about it. Oh, okay. So they were to the right of the TV. Mm-hmm. So while the uh, shooter was looking at himself and stuff... Just, ooh, right off to the right, there was a plate full of, uh, five bran muffins. <laughs> and they were, I'm gonna say they were banana bran muffins with oh, some raisins in them. That's and they hell. Were, they were abysmal looking and they were stacked perfectly. And you know, some fucking, I don't know, someone stacked them there on Monday, and it's Friday now, and no one's eating these bran muffins, but no one's going to throw them away, because they're food. So those bran muffins are going to stay there for eternity. Ugh, bran is trash. Until Susan, the admin's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw away these muffins. They're moldy. And she makes a big scene about it. Like, no one else is going to do this. These are going to forever. And then I'm going to clean the microwave because no one else does that either. Ugh. <laughs> Susan, settle the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, come on, Susan. Anyway, those brand muffins are my second background boys. Cool. Uh, what happens next? Uh, they drive through the fucking wall, Courtney. Oh my god. Just as, uh, just as the guy is about to reveal, yeah, the lights go out for some reason as Gary is talking to the boss, and Mulder steps in front of the boss, he's like, Gary, don't do it, don't shoot this man on national TV. And then Gary's like, I'm gonna shoot him, you don't understand, look at him. And the lights go out, which is weird, and then Mulder looks back at the guy and he sees a big bug, and then they drive through the wall. Yep. You would think, I don't know, like, structural integrity and shit, but... It's SWAT, baby. SWAT, baby. They just drive right through. They just drive Live whatever, life, wherever they want. <laughs> uh, and then they, they shoot Gary dead. He dies. He die. But but then he says something, like, to Mulder. He says, like... Now you know. Now you know. Mmm. Very spooky. And now Mulder, he's all spooktified because he saw the bug man. Yeah, now he knows about the bug man. And I stopped the the episode here, and I'm like, oh, it has to be almost over. Nope, we're halfway done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that oh, was the God. midpoint. Ugh, God. Um, I took three more notes for the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so Mulder's back down in his spooky basement warren, and Skelly comes in, and she's like, oh, that was a hell of a case, huh? And Mulder's like, it's not over. Uh, and he's putting together a map of all the different places that Pincus has been. Yes. And, um... Sorry, and- are you saying... I'm sorry. Are you saying Pincus with a P? Yeah, Pincus. As in one in the Pincus, one in the Stinkus? <laughs> Allison. Sorry. I thought, I thought you were saying Fincus. No. Like, uh, of, of Boy Meets World fame? Oh, I wish. I got really excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish. No, his name was Pincus. Which is Dang. Okay. Hilarious. Okay. Mm. Um, 
So Mulder's tracking this guy because he's been he's appeared in five other X Files, all about oh. a weird monster. Um, oh no! Oh no! Uh, oh no! Oh no! And um, Mulder says, Skull, you got to do an autopsy on this guy that died. She's like, I'm not doing a fucking autopsy. You go fuck yourself. And he's like, okay, I will. In Chicago. And um, <laughs> Here I go. Here I go. I'm going to go fuck myself. You just watch. <laughs> um, and he says, now I believe Gary. And I believe there was a bug man. And this, my friends, is the story of how Mulder got his groove back. Ooh. Yeah, because Mulder, he tired of being spooktified, man. Yeah, he had went on a little bit there where he was like, no, maybe everything I believed is a lie. And in, in season 10, we do find out that everything he believed was a lie. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Um, well, season 5, Mulder doesn't know that. No, he doesn't know that everything's trash garbage. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he's like, I'm going back to Illinois and I'm going to do my job of finding out what's the spooky thing here. And he's really into it. Oh, he get his groove back. He get his groove back. And then, so he goes to the house where the man lived, and he sees the exact same map that he had been working on. And then he sees a lady outside, and it's the lady from the call center, and she's a zombie. She's a zombie. She drives away with Pincus, and he's like, what What happened here? And then, um, uh, then Skinner calls Mully in. Mully? Skinner calls Scully in for a girl talk. (laughs) What are, are they just kind of talking about how they're worried about Mulder? Well, Skinner's like, uh, do you, like, can you describe how you think Mulder's behavior is to me? Because the people in Illinois say he's been erratic. And she's uh, like, I think you mean erotic, sir. And then, <laughs> and, and Mulder's, or, and Skinner's like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you. And then, uh, he's like, I'm worried about Mulder. And she's like, I have his back completely. And he's like, oh, so you're going to do that autopsy he scheduled for you? And she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, man. Because she definitely said she wouldn't do the autopsy and told him to go fuck himself. Yep. Oops. <laughs> Oops. All, all weens. <laughs> uh, so she does the autopsy, and it's weird because the, the guy that died, who's the zombie that Gary shot in the hostage situation. Um, oh, yeah. It's old. It's an old body. He's more dead than he ought to be. He, he's extra dead. He's extra dead. He's he's been dead for forty years, <laughs> or just seventy two hours. Okay, <laughs> and then she's like, "But the autopsy guy's like, oh, all this stuff is kind of finicky anyway. It's really hard to actually tell how long it's been. Yeah, uh, the body's been dead. Is so all this stuff about people saying like, oh, the body the body died. This person died at exactly twelve forty two. That's all bullshit, isn't it? Well, no one ever does that, do they? I don't know, man. Like, I've heard of cases where they're like, it's, like, the the accused was not accounted for in a half-hour block, and then in court, they're like, yes, this body died in exactly that half-hour time span, so it must be this dude. But they can't do that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty difficult, but also, like, they're... Uh- other factors surrounding that like they might have gotten clues to where the person died from their location and they were only at that location for a small period of time so oh maybe okay like that kind of stuff well like i know that recently they've started throwing out like major evidence like blood splatter don't Mm -hmm. count anymore handwriting don't count uh hair fiber or fibers don't count just a bunch of hullabaloo 
that shit don't count anymore. Nope, that shit don't mean nothing. Which is weird because you would think for for a very long time, like, well, to be fair, like, a guy putting on a glove was evidence in the 90s, so. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> that's so. a pretty good point. <laughs> that glove really got him. Oops, I can't fit this glove on my hand. Oops. <laughs> oh, he didn't do the martyr, though. No, because of the glove, you see. The, the glove. glove. <laughs> <laughs> so Mulder, Mulder follows the the bug man. Yes. To a house where yes. the bug man goes inside of the house. Oh, this got me. X Files got me on this. Did it one. get you? It got. Hey, it did get got you, me. You tell me about how you got got. Okay, so the lady is watching TV. It sounds like a fucking. Curly Sue knockoff video. I don't know. Straight to, like, video. And so it's dark, and this lady's watching TV, and then behind her is the Bugman. And so Mulder smashes the window to get his attention, and Bugman fly off. Mm-hmm. But the lady's a zombie now. Yeah. So Mulder gets in the house, and behind him, Flyman crawl on the wall. He sure does. He skitters. Can I say, Courtney, best quality about Flyman? His wiggles. <laughs> he got some little junk in the trunk, hey? He got some wiggles. I like it. <laughs> but the it, it did the little fly on the wall. It did get me. I did laugh, and then I was like, "Ooh, that's spooky." <laughs> I'm glad that you got spooked by this episode because it was silly. <laughs> it it done spook me. <laughs> <laughs> What happens next, Courtney? I don't know, man. Well, I have written that um, Scully uh, Mulder, he's in trouble because he broke yeah. into a woman's house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Correct? he's with, with in Pincus's office with Skinner yeah. and the woman. And the woman's like, this man's a maniac and he shouldn't yeah. have a gun. Yeah. Well, he, hey, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. <laughs> like, she's, you know what? I don't know why I did a silly voice. She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then she leaves and then the bug man tries to get skinner yeah and then so Mulder puts himself in between yeah the bug man and he brings out his gun and skinner has to wrestle him and then puts their their faces are really close together for a hot minute they just start kissing i know it was so good it was wild mm. i was into it They've been losing heat for a while, but I feel they this have. is a little spark, hey? Yeah, this was like a little bit of a, like, you know, the flame's been guttering, but it it was it came back a little bit. Sure did, sure did. So, they are going to send Mulder off, because he, he's not doing so good. Mm-hmm, true, true. But but before Mulder goes, he tells Scully, you gotta flip over, over the body, uh-huh. the dead body, uh-huh. and you gotta check it for sucky marks. Now, to where did they send Mulder? Oh, God. And not very nice place, because they strap him down to the bed. Yep. They're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, we're doing this? Okay. Oh, yeah, we sure doing this. Oh, we're doing this? Oh, great. So, when Scully is going to go back to the dead body, mm-hmm. and she does the two worst things that I have ever seen done to a, a, a dead body on the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Number one, flip it over. Yeah, flip Ugh. it. Flip the bitch. I, 
It's just like, ugh, that's so bad. Because you know things were, like, settling because it's Oh, everything's and... just sloshing around oh, in there. Oh, God. And leakages and ugh. So I thought that was pretty bad, flipping over this body. But the second worst, or the first worst thing was she shaved the body and looked at it very closely <laughs> with, like, magnifying glass and there's fucking holes in it. Yeah, that's there the was. Worst. There's holes in it. Do they, like, hey, when the body is dead, yes. do, they sh- do, do they shave the body? Uh, only if there's something underneath the hair that they need to look at. What if, like, okay, what if someone dies with a beard and the family's like, we gotta make this body presentable to the funeral so people look at this corpse? Oh, yeah, they'll definitely shave it at the funeral home. Really? Yeah, whoever's like the mortician, not the not the person that does oh. the autopsy, but the the person that takes care of preparing the body for burial uh, and for Allison. If I die and I haven't shaved my unibrow or mustache in a while, can you make sure they don't fucking touch it? Absolutely, I will do that for you. <laughs> them's them's going with me to my grave. <laughs> Those are mine. You can't have them. <laughs> That's just, that's buck wild. First of all, it's buck wild that humans as a society needs to look at dead people. But I guess, like, a lot of animals like to, like, if a partner of theirs have died, like, an animal likes to, like, they have to know that it's Yeah, dead. rabbits are like that. And it, like, like, seeing, like, actually visually being able to see that someone you know and cared for has, like, is dead is a, a psychological part of mourning. So. Yeah. The viewing part does make sense. I mean, I think there are a lot of parts about the way that we treat death that don't make sense, like pumping people full of chemicals and, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if if and when I die, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say a big if because okay. I plan on not. Gotcha. Um, I just want to, I, I, no one gets to see the body. Well, okay. So, so, so I want to be, well, first I want to be like um, frozen and then freeze-dried and broken into pieces because i think that's the most environmentally friendly way like raspberry Um, yeah like raspberry because i because i read that crematoriums actually pump up a lot of fucking pollution into the atmosphere they're really bad burning bodies is very bad it's not ideal so i want to be freeze-dried and crushed into a billion pieces but i don't want anyone to see it because i want everyone to keep thinking that i may still be out there forever that sounds heartbreaking but okay (laughs) (laughs) nah man you you don't know turn a corner could be me i mean i'll never i'll never forgive you but that's fine um (laughs) oh buddy nah i'll haunt y'all don't worry (laughs) when i was in grade three courtney um i had this teacher these two teachers and they taught together um and then at the end of the year they ran away together (gasps) And um, it's very sad. We were friends with the man's wife. Uh, and uh, these, so these two ran away together and they went to like yeah. teach, teach in Saudi Arabia or something. Okay. And kids always would say that they like saw them around the schoolyard, like, like a fleeting legend. That's what I want, man. I want that legend. That's so cool. Okay. But I'm not bringing Colin like a casserole or anything. <laughs> no. I, I'm just excited because I know that I would work really hard at being a ghost if ghost exists. Yeah. I would work really, really hard at it because I got to, I got, oh, I got to spook them up, man. I spent years of being afraid of ghosts. I want to be one. 
If okay, but I if I was a ghost, yeah, I can't imagine I'd give a fuck. <laughs> well, if you don't give a fuck, I don't think you'd be a ghost. That's a pretty good point, right? Yeah, but what like what if I? It's not that I want to like bother people or like haunt people, but I just like love my earthly trappings so much. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then you could be a ghost. Because I just like I just want to like wander around and like phase myself through a chocolate milkshake and see if I can taste it. <laughs> okay. What object would you haunt? Because you would have to attach yourself to something. Snacks, Courtney. <laughs> I would haunt snacks. Just all snacks? That's yeah, good. I would haunt I would haunt the concept of snacks. <laughs> you would haunt a vending machine. Catch me at Cartem's Donuts just like, oh, can I get Ooh. one of those? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Let me float right through that hole. I think I'd haunt my bed because I do oh my love God. bed. Yes. Right? Then anyone who gets my bed will have to just, like, spoon me. <laughs> yeah. Being a ghost is pretty good. I, I like think it. so. Okay. So Mulder is strapped in to this fucking hospital. Hopsitable bed. Hopsitable bed. And, you know, because, like, that's what we do with people, apparently. Yep. And, okay, the nurse says the worst thing, which is, don't let the bed bugs bite. (laughs) And as a kid, your parents would always say that, and it's, like, cutesy. But now that I, a person who used to have bed bugs, had bed bugs, it's the worst. It's pretty bad, isn't it? You're like, oh, Oh, God. Fucking psychological terror and mind games that bed bugs play on you, my dude. It is the yeah. fucking worst. Um, I had I have a friend who thinks she has bed bugs because her apartment's had. She called me at ten thirty at night because she thought she saw one, and she, the first thing she said is, "Do I shower? Should I shower?" And I said, "You know what? Yes, it'll probably make you feel better." Oh, absolutely! It's, it's psychological warfare, my dude. <laughs> oh God. Much like uh, much like this Bugman is playing on Mulder. Yeah, what happens with Bugman? So the Bugman, he tries to get in, and then the nurse opens the window for him, because she is now a zombo. And um, Bugman comes in, and he crawls up on Mulder's bed thing, and he's like, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, my Bugman. <laughs> uh, boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> Scully comes in the hospital. She's like, I demand to see my partner right now. I need to save him from a Bugman. And then she actually sees... The the zomboness, the zomboness uh-huh. of the the nurse, and and that so Skelly's actually seeing something, oh, yeah, okay. which is a big deal. Uh, and then yeah. Skelly busts in there and she shoots at the bugman and he gets away. Yeah, and and he get it away. He get it away. To get bug it away. another day. Yep. And then uh-huh. Skelly has to tell Skinner that she doesn't think that Mulder's crazy. Uh huh. But that she and- can't really say much else. Yeah, Skinner's like, well, what did you see? You must have seen something. And he's like, and she's like, mm, it was know. dark. It was dark. Maybe Jeff Goldblum. Maybe. Uh huh. Looking fine. <laughs> and then uh, Mulder's waiting for her at the elevator, and they get in the elevator, and uh, he realizes that she, you know, believes him because um, earlier yeah. in the episode he said, "You have to believe me. You're my one in five million. And um, and she says. I just told him what I did, and then Mulder says, Ah, folie adieu. A madness shared by two. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. And I'm like, this is might actually be the most romantic episode of this series so far. But romantic in a platonic way. Yeah, platonically romantic. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's rate this fucker. Okay. I rate it on a spooky scale. One is... I... Uh... How does it work again? One means you... You, you're, you sleep. One is I sleep. Five is I no sleep. I'm gonna give this a... Oh, 1.5 because I did have to take a nap halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Courtney. <laughs> That's just because I'm very ill. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I read on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means great up, loved it, to uh, uh-huh. it, my struggle part three, which is the first worst, the worst episode we've watched to date. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give this, I uh, give it a six. Give it a six. Okay. It's okay. There are parts of the narrative that I felt were strong and other parts that I didn't. So it's a six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have sent you a personal X-File. And I yes. want you to read it in your your handsome voice. Thank you. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Because we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. Uh, here is a personal X-File. Yeah. From the13thfloor.tv. Yeah. A website which, in its menu, has creepypasta. Nice. But this is real, though. This is real. I saw it this with is, my own This eyes. is real. This article is entitled, The Bizarre Case of Twins Ursula and Sabina Erickson. It goes as follows. Yes. In May 2008, a film crew was shadowing police and expecting to see a routine call on the M6 motorway in London. Instead, the crew of the reality show Motorway Cops (laughs) was stunned by the bizarre situation that would play out before their cameras when they arrived to see two women, Sabina and Ursula Erickson, dashing into oncoming traffic. Now here's where it gets interesting. Can I- Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's back up a little, though. Okay. Because I fucking love British reality TV. Because, like, in America, they have, like, Hell's Kitchen and the hot Asian housewives of L.A. And then then the Brits have motorway cops? Well, now they also have Geordie Shore, which is wet and wild. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, good. You proved me wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Okay, the article goes on to say, The Swedish twins had reunited only hours before the strange event. What? From the moment they were together, they started behaving strangely and embarked on a spontaneous trip to Liverpool. That is strange. Why would you go there? (laughs) Why would anyone go there or live there? (laughs) The sisters were kicked off a tour bus when they refused to check their bags and began acting suspiciously. Oh, and apparently, I think, I'm pretty sure um, their bags were just, like, they had basically plastic grocery bags full of, like, random belongings, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was then they just decided to take a shortcut across the busy freeway. CCTV cameras captured the images of Sabina and Ursula creeping into the frame, hopping over the guardrail, and running into the road without hesitation. Panic and chaos ensued. So, yeah, they just run. Yeah, they no. just ran right across the street and... Um, no, across the fucking highway. Across the, yeah, sorry. sorry, across the freeway. Uh, motor, uh, sorry, Allison, motorway? Uh, a motorway with the cops. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, police and paramedics soon came and they assist the situation. It became progressively worse. As the police stood with the twins on the side of the road, Ursula suddenly dashed back out into traffic as an officer tried his best to stop her. She managed to get out of his grip and was struck by a car. She suffered serious injuries to her legs. 
Seconds later, Sabina followed in her sister's footsteps and darted out into traffic too. Her body slammed into an oncoming car, rolled up the hood, and flung into the air before smashing back into the ground with a thud. The yeah, sound man. of screeching tires and screams rang in the wind as this is very evocative. As Sabina yeah. got right back up, rushed to the center median, and jumped back out into traffic again. Yeah, man. And so this is all they have this all on video. Like motorway cops were probably just like filming a rant like sheep crossing the road or like duck stopping and then just these ladies were kept basically going into traffic it's nuts yeah Yeah. so they both survived and they were taken to a hospital for treatment evaluation but they did put up a fight first uh they fought the police and paramedics insisting someone was trying to take their organs and shouted at the individuals who were trying to help them Doctors couldn't explain why the twins persistently ran into oncoming traffic, but some believe Sabina and Ursula had experienced a shared psychosis. The psychological disorder begins in the mind of one individual whose delusions are transmitted into another person. So that's the folly a deux. That's yeah. the... Yeah. And that's not the only case, apparently, with twins. Apparently, there's an older case with um, a set of twins, like, in the 1900s or 1800s, where they were, like, uh, they were two maids, and they basically murdered an entire family. The silent twins. Yeah, the silent twin. When you separate them, they were were okay, basically. That's so strange. Yeah, right? Spookums. Uh, The documentary is called madness in the fast lane oh interesting yeah and it's about and it's 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 frustrating because you're always looking for an answer of why this happened but like they couldn't find an answer of why these two ladies did the thing and later on one of them murders a man oh geez yeah it's nuts it's well that's what makes this an x-file let's do predictions man okay Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Uh, now, you're at four and a half, and I'm uh-huh. at three and a half, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I didn't get anything on this one because I think I said magic show. Yeah, you did say magic show. Now, we haven't established what the prize will be, and we only have oh. one episode left. Um, ice cream Sunday. Yay, okay. I want ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. A quart, a quart of our favorite ice cream. And I believe it's my turn to predict. Okay, but hear me out. You are at four and a half, and I'm okay. at three and a half. Do you want the chance to catch up? Well... Can I predict half? Why don't you just predict the whole thing? Because, I mean... Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to give it to me? I'm going to give it... X going to give it to you. (laughs) Because we've actually tied the last couple seasons, hey? Yeah, so let's see if we can do it again. You just got to 100% totally nail this prediction. This is a fucking... Okay. What is it? Season 5, episode 20 is entitled, The End. That's stupid. Okay. Um. Fuck. So I think we're gonna, we gotta finish up, like, Mulder's, gotta get back into the spookums, right? Yeah. Okay. And the end implies, uh, maybe someone dies. Could be. I think Crycheck is gonna be back. Okay, interesting. I don't know if he's gonna die. 
I'll give you half a point if Crychecks around. And I think the other thing that, like, it, I don't know, that we've been obsessing over or the X-Files has been obsessing over is, like, Scully with kids. The one thing I think is a constant is Scully trying to find a replacement for Emily. Okay. So I'm going to say there's a spooky child, another spooky child. Ah, spooky child! Spooky child and Crycheck. I hope so, because I fucking love a spooky child, I tell you what. <laughs> Do you really? I thought you hate spooky children. No, I like, in I, I enjoy the fun that they produce for us. Okay, I'm going to say spooky child, and it's going to be like, um, I don't know, fuck. I think, I think this last child is going to bring answers, or they're going to try to find answers of, like, what the fuck is going on with all these spooky children that have been, like, sparkled throughout the episodes. And Crycheck is actually going to help out, but then he's going to be betrayed or something. Well, that's a lot of info, so let's keep it simple, stupid. Let's say okay. a half point for Crycheck and half point for a spooky child. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm excited to see if that comes to pass. Oh, me too. I've been striking out a lot lately, so I think... Here's the thing. I went lowball. I'm pretty sure those two things have to happen at the end of this episode, at the end of the ser- series of the, yeah. of the season. So I'm lowballing it, because I want that ice cream. uh courtney did you know that we are on a new podcast network we are yeah we are i actually organized the whole thing without even telling you (laughs) wait wait you've been publishing these on the internet (laughs) (laughs) oh shit (laughs) allison i thought this was just our weekly phone call that we recorded and then you had me edit (laughs) i betrayed you yeah, we're on a podcast network called uh, Major Cast Network, and it is full of great, wonderful podcasts like this one that you're about to hear an ad for. Ooh. I'm Tom Lockney. And I'm Liam Sr. I really like video games and internet culture. And I like movies and TV. And every week we research a true story from our preferred mediums and tell it to the other person. It's super fun, and it's great. And even when it gets a little intense, we find the laughs in it, damn it. Lots of learning, lots of laughter, sometimes bummers, but lots of friendship. Media Majors, every Monday on the Major Cast Network. Oh, that one sounds very good. Uh-huh, I agree. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love some podcast magic we've been making lately. We've been making some good magic. Um... How can the Space Cadets find us, Allison and Courtney? Oh, us? Allison and yeah. Courtney? Yeah. Um, you can find us on the internet, where we live, uh, at... <laughs> In a small box. In a small box, under a freeway. <laughs> um, the Information Superhighway. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Double X Files. That's double spelt out D O U B L E. And we are also reachable via email. We're Double X Files Podcast at gmail.com. You guys send us spooky things, people. Yeah, please send us spooky things. Tell us if you have experienced a folie en deux, um or anything else. We want to hear Ooh. your spooky stories. Or a menage en toi. <laughs> or the way that you've lubed your life <laughs> through a menage en toi. <laughs> uh yeah so ch- come check us out online come chat with us we love you and uh if you enjoyed this podcast and the other episodes of this podcast 
um, please review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We would love that. Yeah. It would really help season, us. Season five's almost over. And if you started listening with us this season and you haven't written a, a, a little review there, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to hop on the review train. Sounds like you owe us something. <laughs> Slip it in our back pocket. <laughs> okay. Okay, Allison. Um, thank you for our weekly telephone conversation that we never published on, on the internet, and you would never do that ever. You're welcome, babe. <laughs> Until next time, the, the truth, truth is, is out there. there. I don't know why you make me do that sign-off every week. <laughs> it makes me feel better. <laughs> okay, anything for you. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty and stay major.